until I go ahead and start the, <clears throat> the video recording again. Um, you were just saying, now that you know what it's like when Joy has you by the throat. Uh, okay, we could catch it right there then. <clears throat> now, now that you know uh, that Joy has you by the throat and you know what it is, now you can go on the lookout for it because it's going to start occurring, or it's not going to start occurring, but you're going to start noticing that it occurs more and more often. Yeah. It's almost like when we wake up and we see, aha, uh -huh, I see you, Myra. There is the other side, and, and that is to wake up and, and say, ah, oh, this is nice. <laughs> mm -hmm. Or the, this is void of Myra. Myra, not here. Uh, Hendricks is not here. Yep. Because that's a natural, normal state for us to be in. And yet, it, uh, I don't think that most meditation teachers um, emphasize that side of it enough, either. Mm -hmm. um, and the reason for that is that not very many people would talk about the third noble truth as a natural event. They look at the third noble truth as a determined, hardcore, hard-fought, hard-won goal. Mm, yeah. And that you have to tread a path and tread the path a lot. Mm. But oh no, that third noble truth is happening just as often as the first noble truth. Yeah, I noticed that recently. Yeah. When you experience things, um, when you experience the end of stress, I suppose, that's mm -hmm. kind of, uh, that's basically the third noble truth. Exactly right. And, and all of this stuff fits in so easily together when you understand it, that basically it's a almost an on-off switch kind of situation. But we have to keep turning the switch off or on, depending upon whichever side of the metaphor that you want. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and so uh, the one side of, of the coin or the one side of the situation is dukkha at whatever varying degrees. And then when they change that to the other side, there's a whole new set of body chemicals that come into play, and it also has a full range. There's a full range of different feelings when we feel good, and we can call, and in fact, maybe the problem is with our language that we don't have a very sophisticated way of talking about how good we feel because it's not <laughs> well known and noticed. <laughs> mm. Uh, but within the um, uh, the Buddhas, um, the uh, the suttas, what we find is is that there's the use of both terms, and that in some places they're even used interchangeably, and that is the word pity and sukha, and that you could say that pity and sukha are the two ranges of how good that we can feel. 
mm-hmm. and that we normally would speak of is full on joy, like uh, cackling with laughter, joy. That's as, what I was like. <laughs> uh, as pity. Okay. And that the other side of that joy is, in fact, satisfaction, contentment, relaxation. The that's kind what of I way wanted. that people. Right. Well, that's kind of happens along with what you were doing there, because from time to time you would take a deep breath and then let out a big sigh of satisfaction. Mm. You see that with people laughing a lot. They'll go, ha, 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 ha. Yeah. But not necessarily an exhaustion from laughter, but rather from the relaxation that they allow themselves to have with that laughter. Mm. And so that kind of exciting part then uh, can be used to describe uh, states of higher jhana where we feel like that we're being tossed and tumbled uh, in one of these gushers, that that gushers just got us, okay? And that uh, being tossed and tumbled around in that that gusher of good feelings has generally the quality that 